Hey, Joe Vollert here, and welcome to Who Needs School. As we talk about this topic of Who Needs School, I wanted to make sure that we keep a broad perspective on who schools serve. They serve all of us. And today's conversation is with Matt Miller, who's a partner at DLA Piper in San Francisco. But more importantly, Matt is the chair of the Pomeroy Rehabilitation and Recreation Center. And they serve a population of you know, kids and young adults who might have Down syndrome or physical disabilities that prevent them from being in what we would consider mainstream education. Yet it serves a tremendous value to our uh, city of San Francisco and to our society. Here's my interview with Matt. Well, a warm welcome to uh, Matt Miller to Who Needs School. Thank you for joining us today, Matt. Happy to be here. Thanks, Joe. Hey, I'm going to uh, dive right in. So as I mentioned in my intro, uh, Matt is uh, intimately involved in the Pomeroy Recreation and Rehabilitation Center as the chair of their board. Now, Matt, when I was in high school back in the 80s, I uh, did service hours as a requirement, as you know, for graduating from St. Ignatius. And I did my service hours at what was then called the Recreation Center for the Handicapped. It's not called that anymore. And I thought, it, you know, as a might be important for our listeners to understand the evolution of the language we use around the center and the clients that you serve, because language does really help shape perceptions and is important uh, in, in terms of our understanding and the center's role in our society. Can you, can you speak to that a little bit? A absolutely. So, you know, I did the same when I was at SI, I I did my service hours out at the, the rec, you know, we called it short rec center for the handicap. Um, so I joined uh, the Pomeroy board. I, I'm the longest current standing board member. I think I've been out there about 12, uh, 13 years. And um, very early on in that membership, and, and maybe slightly around that time, it, it just became known that, okay, we're not going to call our customers and clients handicapped. Uh, they're, they're people with a variety of or organically and traumatically acquired medical situations. And we said, okay, uh, let's start calling it just the Pomeroy Center. Everybody knew who Janet Pomeroy was, and uh, people recognized that name. So uh, we originally just changed it to the Pomeroy Center. Uh, and then uh, as a board, we again did a rebranding uh, and said, you know, it's not just, it's not just uh, clients with the developmental or acquired disabilities. There's people that come out here and swim. There's people that come out here and rent the gym. There's people that come out here uh, and have quinceañeras and wedding receptions. So we finally evolved into the Pomeroy uh, Recreation and Rehabilitation Center. Um, and that's where we are now. And, and we just call our clients, clients. They're our customers and we serve them. So that's, that's where we are currently. And hey Matt, how long has the Pomeroy Center been around? Do you know? Uh, yeah, it's been around since I, the fifties, I believe I should, uh, absolutely know, yeah. but I want to say the early fifties, it was originally housed, uh, in a building that was part of Flyshacker's pool. Uh, and, uh, eventually, um, we set our eyes on this piece of property that was owned by San Francisco and worked with the city and Janet Pomeroy and some other early advocates, um, prevailed. They, they, they really did a huge lobbying effort to prevail upon the city to allow them to use the space. Um, and then over the years, uh, you know, a lot of money uh, and great people were involved in building uh, what, what can only be called a, a campus now. It's a, it's a full-on 
campus with a therapeutic pool, gymnasium, uh, multiple buildings. We have an industrial kitchen. We have an adult's wing. We have a children's wing. Uh, we have a, a large working garden uh, out there. Uh, until recently, we had uh, a bunch of a, a chicken coop. Uh, but with COVID and lack of people being out there, the uh, the coyotes uh, won the battle, and so we no <laughs> longer have the coop. <laughs> uh, but we will get those back when people come yeah. back. So it's it's a full on campus, um, and a big a big part of what the board is doing now is planning to grow uh, the campus. And uh, you know we can talk about it, but we're we're building a preschool out there, and we have designs to uh, in the future. Uh, build uh, potentially uh, another part of the building for uh, possibly dementia care, which is which is really needed. Yep. Um, and so it's kind of in our strategic plan uh, to add on potentially for dementia care, and that'd be a huge new offering for the Pomeroy Center, and and one that there's great need in the city, as as you might imagine. You know, for, for folks who grew up in the city, the Pomeroy Center is just part of our vernacular, right? And, and for those, yeah. you know, who, who um, uh, didn't or aren't familiar with it, it would be, you know, it's just a great place to visit and just see things firsthand because uh, it is such an important part of our, our culture here in San Francisco and has been obviously for decades. It, could, it could, is. It, it is. It's, I, you know, I, I call it, sadly, I call it the greatest story never told because while while those of us from the West Side know the Pomeroy Center. And a lot of us have had the great pleasure to volunteer. And, you know, I've, I've been on the board for so many years, but not enough of greater San Francisco and the greater Bay Area um, know about this incredible and truly unique place. And, and it is, uh, you know, I can, I can tell you, it is extraordinarily unique. The um, I, I thought it might help our listeners if you could give us just a, a brief snapshot of, of, you know, what like a day looks like out there. What what does the Pomeroy Center do with the um, the clients that, that typically go there on a day to day basis? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we, we probably have, uh, you know, somewhere between 100, uh, 125 um, adults who and this is I'm, I'm, let's just say pre-COVID and, and hopefully soon post-COVID. Uh, so we have an adult day program um, and our adults are out there from morning until uh, early evening uh, going through. Um, we have what's called a one center program and it's it's like a college curriculum. Um, so our clients and their family members um, collaborate and they sign up for different classes through the day. And so they can really have a, a pretty you know colorful pick of courses. They can do art. They could do dance. They could do ballet. Um, they could do recreation out out in the uh, on the playground. So they have they have a. It's not like the days of old where where you came to some place and somebody told you what to do. Um, the beauty of Pomeroy these days is it's like a curriculum that you choose from. Um, so uh, there's classes that go by the hour, and and so you you pick what you're going to do, um, and then come early afternoon. We take over 100 students from San Francisco Unified, primarily, uh, and they arrive typically on buses and they come in and we have our, you know, children's wing and they'll come in, they'll do homework, they'll do artwork, they'll do coursework that they can choose, um, just like the adults. Uh, they'll go out on the playground, uh, they'll do therapeutic swim, 
uh, they'll do drama. So again, just a, just a variety of uh, kind of like a wealth of choice. And so it, it looks like a school, Joe. It, it looks and feels like a school because people are going from offering to offering and having lunch in the cafeteria, having lunch outside. We have, you know, by far our biggest offering at the Pomeroy is our therapeutic pool. And we have, um, you know, infants, we have adolescents, we have many seniors that use it as the best part of their day. You know, they're suffering from arthritis or, or just, you know, uh, age old injuries. Um, and they come in there and our pool's heated to 92 degrees. Right. And, it's a unique um, pool. It's really conditioned yeah, for that, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 you know, one of a, one of a kind. There's the, the Jewish Community Center has the therapeutic pool. And there's another one down on the peninsula, but they're, they're few and far between. Yeah. So having that 92 degrees is, is a huge component uh, of, of why it's therapeutic. What you guys are. And, and unfortunately, you know, we're turning people away because that's so popular. Yeah. You know, and that's, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to e explore what you guys do at the Pomeroy Center. A, the Pomeroy Center has always done a tremendous job of, uh, you know, really respecting the humanity of the the clients who attend and their families. You know, these are our are, are people uh, who are part of our our lives and our culture. And, in, and in, in some respects, when you spend some time out there, a real blessing and a gift to to those who are um, who work with them. The, uh, go it's, ahead. It's, it's a it's a it's a blessing for everybody who works out there. It's obviously a blessing for our clients um, because it truly, you know, we've got, we got people doing God's work out there. Our, our staff at the Pomeroy is not getting paid, uh, you know, a, a lot of money. We, as a board, we are striving to continue to increase wages being above competitive for the industry because we've got a great thing going. But every, every time I go out to Pomeroy, I leave feeling immensely better uh, about volunteering my time out there. And I have to believe that the reason we're able to retain staff who are incredibly talented, who are incredibly upbeat, who have a great education in social welfare and, and, uh, and disabilities, um, and, you know, th these people could go get jobs, higher paying jobs elsewhere, but they stay for years and decades um, because it's such it is such a wonderful place. Um, and you see. I mean, there's just pure joy on yeah. our clients' faces, and it it, it yeah. kind of makes you go, "Why would I not be?" Yeah, the life you, life time? you get in return is yeah. uh, is something. I want to explore with you. You know, the 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 kind of question I'm really driving at with this podcast is about school, right? And and so a number you mentioned the connection with San Francisco Unified to get 100 or so students come out there a day, so offering uh, some extension of what the school does an after school program. Um, but they're they're part of our school system. How does do you have any insight into how that works and can you know shed some light into our listeners about what kind of uh, services the school district might offer or, or what that might be like um, for the families? You know, and, and I I can't, I can't offer insight, but I can offer an anecdote. Um, I, I was out there walking around with a prospective board member with um, our incredible. CEO, uh, a gentleman named David Dubinsky, uh, who's been out there about four years now and has done incredible things. And he was talking to 
a couple of administrators from San Francisco Unified who came out um, to, to kind of see w- what happens when their when their students come out to the center, and they they spent you know a good amount of time out there, and and they confided with David. They said, David, you, we can't believe how well structured and uh, how incredibly our students are doing here. That that we don't even have the resources, the capabilities to do what you're doing out here. For you know. W- we have two or three severely disabled uh, children at our school. You're dealing uh, with uh, 125 people and they are thriving out here. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever you guys are doing, whatever your secret sauce is, you're doing it right. Um, so I, I, I can tell you that uh, we, are a, we are a great um, additive factor for San Francisco yeah. Unified. Real and, and that, vital piece of the, of the, of the puzzle as we... Um... You know, as we put that uh, together for that for that age group, uh, let me expand the question a little bit because you guys all also, uh, in a sense, serve other other clients, uh, people who volunteer there and maybe part of their school or whatnot. Could you speak to you know, some of the service opportunities that you guys offer and, and what that's like? Absolutely. So we've got we've got a really thriving volunteer services program and. I, I would say that in any given week, um, you know, there's dozens of volunteers. They and they come from St. Ignatius. They come from San Francisco State. Um, we have various graduate students over at San Francisco State in social services, in uh, education um, for developmentally disabled individuals. They come over. They do internships. Uh, they come over. They they teach courses. They come over and they teach drama. Um, and, you know, we're always looking also for, for volunteer groups. Um, we have our annual pumpkin patch that will be coming up in a couple of weeks. And we, we seek a lot of volunteers from San Francisco state and elsewhere. And you'll see a lot of SI students and, and, you know, Reardon students, Sacred Heart students, you know, we, we take them all and it's, it's wonderful. And we just hired a new volunteer services coordinator. We're super excited about her. So you know, we very much recommend that people call or email the center. And if you go to our website, you can, you can put, uh, I'd like to volunteer and that'll, that'll sign you up for that. But, you know, because the center is, is not even a break-even economic proposition, we lose money. So we rely upon donors. We rely upon our volunteers to, to act as de facto employees. Um, so that's always been it's, it's been in the necessary fabric of the Pomeroy Center that we rely on the, the gifts of thousands of people in a given year to help support the mission, and, and we couldn't do it without them. Matt, you, and obviously that, the, the service that those volunteer out at the Pomeroy Center get so much in return, as you mentioned earlier, and it's a, it can be a, a real perspective and, and life-changing uh, experience. I, I don't want to uh, you mentioned something earlier. I want to come back to it. You mentioned that the Pomeroy Center is opening, has a new program, uh, a new, you're starting a new preschool. We it's are. It's a, a fascinating model. Can you speak to that, please? Yeah, yeah. We're really, we're really excited about it. And, you know, this goes to, I told you how much we, we value our executive director and CEO, David Dubinsky. You know, David, David saw a need and he said, look, we've got, we've got storage areas downstairs that let's, let's clear those things out. Let's, let's get those out. They're right next to bathrooms. 
and it opens up on an area uh, that uh, looks out across Lake Merced at Harding Park. So it, it has a really nice vista. If we could clean it up, take some trees down. And he said, you know what? What San Francisco needs a lot more of is preschools. And what would be better than a preschool where one third of the students have developmental disabilities or other, other disabilities? One third of the students uh, are low income, probably extreme low income, um, and one third are just private payers. And so it's an inclusive preschool that we're uh, in the process of, of getting licensed. Um, we've got another great uh, Ignatian, John Bruno, is the head of our buildings and grounds committee, and he is uh, working on getting a playground uh, designed and built out there in kind of a, also a little bit of an outdoor amphitheater. So we're going to have just an incredible playground, uh, incredible preschool, and a great concept that you, you don't, I, I, I've said it several times, the, the Pomeroy Center is unique in so many aspects. And this is yet another unique offering for the center. And we, we're super excited about it. So That's awesome. And, and it would be uh, fascinating for other preschools to take a look at that model. I mean, that the um, exposure and opportunity for all parties involved could be, uh, could be profound, especially at that age. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll, we'll look at this 10 years from now Yeah, and I guarantee yeah. we're going to look back and say, what, what a great idea this was. Uh, I, w- I want to um, ask you to change hats here for a little bit because you're also uh, a, um, you know, a customer, you have two high school age daughters and mm-hmm. you're a very successful practicing mm-hmm. attorney. And I'd love to pick your brain and get your perspective about your expectations of, you know, particularly the high school experience for your daughters and, and even from your own, you know, professional experience in the, in the path you've had to get where you are and knowing what you know and doing what you do, you know, what should we be doing and what should we be thinking about, particularly at the high school level in terms of preparing tomorrow's leaders? Um, well, you know, I, I have to say, I mean, not, not to toot your horn and toot, toot my alma mater's horn, but um, SI and, and, you know, you, you name, you name the, the Catholic high school in San Francisco, there's a, there's a service mission and a service orientation. So both of my daughters are, are, are and have volunteered out at the center. And the, the mission, the goal should be that you, you don't volunteer in high school to, to check a box. You volunteer in high school so that it becomes part of your DNA. Um, and, and for me, I do believe that a, a large part of my volunteerism goes back to the, the days of SI and being men and women for others. And, and frankly, if I, if I simply went about my, my practice of law and raising my family and going out and having fun and, and golfing every now and again, and, and that's all, it, it would be an incomplete life and, I, and I'd be missing something. Um, and that something is the hours a week that I volunteer at the center. Um, you know, uh, at DLA Piper offers me a, a huge amount of pro bono legal opportunities. So, so right now I'm working um, with veterans uh, trying to uh, upgrade their discharge status. Uh, veterans, when they, when they are discharged with um, less than honorable discharge, are, are ineligible for a lot of benefits. Um, and sometimes they, they were discharged with uh, um, circumstances that, that need to be looked at over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
quite many of them have PTSD that led led them to exhibit some behaviors that resulted in their discharge. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm spending my time on that now. And, and it's that, that type of work in my time mm-hmm. at the Pomeroy that actually makes me sleep better and, and makes me feel like a better person. So it just kind of, it rounds it out. So I think, you know, the, that volunteerism that you do in high school, that yes, it's obligatory. The goal has to be that people incorporate it into their DNA and, and continue with doing it um, until the day they die. And I think SI has done a, a great job of um, educating our, our students to do so. You know, uh, one of the themes that's emerged in the uh, dozen or so podcasts I've done so far is this concept of, of service and the experience that young adults have outside of the classroom and how impactful that can be. And, and that takes all, all, you know, different forms and shapes and sizes. But the, and especially at this age, these, you know, this adolescent, teenage, young adult uh, age can have a tremendous impact on their worldview, uh, their sense of others, particularly when their service is in an area that's a, a little uncomfortable for them, um, is outside was, of their I, bubble. Joe, I was just, just going to say, I, the reality is that the more uncomfortable it is, the more impactful it is. And, yeah. and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Um, but, well, outstanding. And Matt, really applaud the work of all at the Pomeroy Center and the volunteers on the board and the, and the workers, uh, the people who work out there um, and the impact it has on the community. So uh, please keep that up. I do want to give you a last chance if there's anything you'd like to recommend or uh, you know point to for our listeners, I, I give you the mic. A- absolutely. I mean, so go go on the Pomeroy website, uh, prrc.org, um, or just enter Pomeroy Center in, in, in a search engine and uh, check it out. Uh, look, look through the website and uh, at the end of checking it out, give us your email address and come volunteer out there or ask to come have a tour. And I tell you, if you step on our campus and spend more than a few minutes, uh, you're going you're gonna to become uh, an advocate for life. So it sells itself. I don't need to sell it. Um, so just give it a shot. Awesome. Matt, thank you so much for your time and joining the uh, podcast, Who Needs School? Cheers, y'all. Take care. Hey, and thank you for joining us today. I suspect this is a topic that we're going to need to unpack a little bit more in the weeks and months ahead. I appreciate you listening. If you have any suggestions, please contact me at joevollard at gmail.com. And please recommend the podcast to your friends and uh, follow and like it. Thank you.